It's the True Penny Show. With your host, James True Penny. Hello, and welcome to the True Penny Show. My name is James True Penny, and this is my show. I did that the wrong way around. Anywho, today we are at Power Struggle. New Japan Pro Wrestling and feeling the need to amp up the title of this particular pay-per-view because there was plenty of things that did need amping up on this particular pay-per-view because some of the things weren't anywhere near ampable enough. Though some of the stuff was really great fun and some wasn't. And some should have been more fun than it actually was. And to join me to navigate our way through this particular evening's entertainment of professional wrestling is Mr. John Dinsdale of Steel Chair Wrestling Magazine. How are you, sir? I'm all right. I think the main power struggle was between me and the closed tab option and trying not to do it. <laughs> uh, I think trouble? everyone knows what happens these days when you ask me to review New Japan shows. It's not. It's better than it has been, but it's still a long way from good. I mean, the I main mean, event was only 30 minutes instead of 40 minutes, so I suppose that's a bloody bonus. Let's start at the beginning. It was a full rack of shows. Okay, so it was like a proper New Japan wrestling show. There was some great matches on it. Um, and it had a full house, 2,367, which is the biggest crowd that's gone to see a New Japan show in over two years in an indoor arena. And it was at Edeon Arena Osaka, Osaka Joe Hall, one of our favorite places to watch wrestling from because it's always cool from Osaka Joe Hall. I love that roof. I'm looking at that roof now. It's amazing. Anywho, uh, I've been watching wrestling from Osaka Joe Hall for as long as Osaka Joe Hall has been an arena. And so, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a classic particular venue for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Now, the actual wrestling content is still suffering from the dark days of the midsummer booking. But we had some corking matches as well. And we had some interesting ideas. Um, so let's start at the beginning. Yuki and Yoshinobu Kanemura defeated Kasai Fujiata and Rai Owa in 4 minutes and 33 seconds. It was a bit of a blink and you'll miss it match. Fujita and Owa are doing the full we're rookies and we must get beat very quickly by these superior wrestlers who are beating us with our own finishing manoeuvre every time, which is somewhat predictable, but entertainingly fun in my opinion. What's your thoughts on this one, John? I just like seeing Kanemaru do something. Like, he's on the roster and they barely use him half the time. So I just have him squash rookies. Did Do- did Doki actually do anything in this match? Not much. I don't actually remember him doing anything. It was literally <laughs> just Kanemaru beating up young lions. And I was just kind of like, huh, well, that was fun. We didn't, we didn't even get a Doki Choki, which is, you know, poor, poor, to say the least. And we, we, are, we are still missing... Um, our Australian commentary friend on today. It was like a PC is facing a picture of Gino Medina. Gino Gambino. He's, he's still Gambino. not there. Yeah, he has got the easiest person to impersonate in professional wrestling, though. Uh, <laughs> so, okay. I've been watching too much fucking MLW. I'm getting names mixed up. <laughs> uh. See, Doki needs a main event push now because Tai Chi can't be around choking people, so we've got to send Doki in to do it instead. Yes, true. But it was good. It was a good opening match for what it was. What's your thoughts on Fujita and Oio is what we've seen so far? I mean, it's a long way to go for both of them. But do you see I mean, any... they're just 
this is like the very start of the road, but like there's promise there and they at least know how to sell properly. So it'll be yeah. it'll be interesting to see where they are in like a year's time. And if they can last seven minutes instead of five. Yeah. And that's the thing, isn't it? They start lasting longer and they start lasting longer and they don't give up when they're in the, in the middle of a Boston Crab and it just gets better for them. But this podcast has longer lasted nearly as long. In fact, let's keep talking about this match for another seven seconds and then this actual podcast will have lasted longer than that match did. Bloody so. hell. That just, to be fair, some of the time limits for these first matches are ludicrous compared to what comes later. It's because we've spent so long having 14 minute opening matches where rookies put on an armbar <laughs> or Boston Crabs last for about 10 minutes um, so yeah it's it's not it, it, they've kind of gone back to the old school way of doing things which is no bad thing but it does mean they kind of crushed things a little bit oh, that's just reminding me of one of my favourite Bill Hicks jokes ever, ever which is I believe God made me in one day yeah, it looks like you rushed it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bill Hicks, one of the greatest comedians that ever lived. Proper offensive comedian. He didn't actually mention the fact that he was offensive. Anywho. Um, sorry? His satirical stuff, though, is, like, next level. Eh, well, Gervais. No, Bill Hicks. Bill Hicks, oh, yeah, definitely. On a completely other level of comedians. Well, probably would not get hired these days at all. <laughs> there you go. I tell you, was, there was a teller, there was a story in the Guardian with stand-up comic about stand-up comics, and they were saying like, you know, Bill Hicks said this about stand-up comedy, and they were like, yeah, we we don't do that stuff as much as we like Bill Hicks. It's just that we we wouldn't be able to get a job. <laughs> so. It's like there are always these generations, like there's always these one comedians in a generation of comedians that are just willing to die for their cause. He he. Definitely did that. Not that he died because he he died because of cancer, but he definitely like put himself on the line every time. It's like Ricky Gervais does it these days. Mm, No, my original dig was at Ricky Gervais because I I never found Ricky Gervais funny in anything he's done. But there you go. His older stuff's quite funny these days. It's kind of just him clinging at what pisses people off. It's a bit like him. The Chappelle story, but let's let's not open that can of worms. We'll never <laughs> get back to New Japan. Yeah. Anywho, Bullet Club, Jado, Gado, Bullet Club, Jado, Jado, and Dangle Lower defeated Great Bash Shield, Ogi Makibe, Tomiyaki Honma, and Tiger Mask, who was an honorary member of Great Bash Shield for the day in five minutes and seven seconds. I love watching Tiger Mask do Lucha Libre stuff with Gado and Jado. It's like Ghetto and Jeddo were made to post for Lucha Libre fan favorite tag teams, which is, of course, what they did for a good 15 years of their career. So it was nice to see them get to use their old skills once again. And it was fun. Um, Tangaloa, actually, I think, was the surprise player of the G1 Climax because no one expected him to have interesting matches. And he punched well above his weight throughout that tournament. He had long, extended, interesting matches with big-name players. And they're kind of like doing a bit of a mini-push with him here because he carried a lot of this match. Um, but it, this was fun. It was all right. It, it's never going to tear trees up because you've got six, five of the old fellas there in Tangaloa, and it, it did all right. What are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, this was a weird one. I was just watching people come out, and I'm like, 
why does this exist? I mean, I'm not opposed to it, but why does this exist? Why is it only going five minutes? How come Gero and Gero are just getting their ass kicked the whole time? And they're just like, huh, it's over. Again, <laughs> I just can't get over my surprise at things just suddenly ending in a new Japan <laughs> show. Like, I just said, I'm starting... 45 minutes to take their robes off. It's like just you're that accustomed to things going like 20 minutes now for no bloody reason. So when something goes five minutes and it's over, and you're just like, what? Yeah. It's, this a, it's over? A this is a match that didn't need to happen, so therefore it shouldn't be that long. And it wasn't that long. So they're starting like the day-to-day booking of how to put matches together. They're getting that back on track. Um, but the actual like booking long-term of how to build characters and stuff might need some work. Though, you know, it, the, the major thing for me is that some of the more toxic and problematic uh, wrestlers that they've got um, aren't on the roster. <laughs> so it's made the whole thing a lot more watchable. And it's given chance to people to be breathable. You know, like Tangaloa would never have got this kind of level of push as a tag team wrestler with the full roster, would he? No. Uh, and he wins this match with apeshit on uh, Tomiyaki Honda with uh, double call from Milano Collection AT and Taichi of apeshit um, which was fun and again yeah five minutes and seven seconds match length that was perfectly acceptable for the combined age of the people involved who was which is around about oh, 280 so you know <laughs> Uh, shall we move on? Yeah. Oh, I was, I was watching the yeah, Tiger Mask looking salty. I think the world class tag team would like to have a crack at them IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship. Ooh. I think, I, I mean, as long as Jado doesn't have to spend any ring time, then. <laughs> they just contrive I, some reason to keep Jado out of the match the entire time. Yeah. Oh no, Jado's fallen on his kendo stick and he's kind of broken his leg. Oh no, he's trying to get back. Oh, he's fallen off the ring again. Oh no. Looks like Gado's going to have to do all the work. Oh no. And that's, that's no knock on Jado, who is a living legend, but his knees are held together with elastoplast and prayer. So, you know, that's why, like, Kevin keeps going massive heater, Jado, to draw away from the fact his knees are rubbish. <laughs> Yeah, we can't. We can call him Master Heater, not Master Nita. No, Massive Heater is what we said. He's now he's now known as Massive Heater because of the oh. amount of time he spent in the gym putting weight on. Very. Yeah. Ah, let's move on to the next match. Los Hignorables de Japón, Bushi, Hiromu Takahashi, and Sonata defeated Master Wato, Raisuki Taguchi, and Yuji Nagata in seven minutes and five seconds. Which kicked off with Raisuki Taguchi and Harumi Takahashi having fun like they only those two can by having a Mongolian chop off. <laughs> it, it's a thing of beauty. You can't deny watching them two wrestle each other is like the most entertaining thing you'll see all week because they really don't care. It They're there to entertain themselves. <laughs> And if you don't like it, you're stuck. <laughs> you know something kind of sad about this match? What's that? I've run out of things to rip on Master Wato for now. 
Because the Power Rangers look is almost dead. He's not fluffing every move. He's just a wrestler now. He's just another one of the fall to me. (laughs) (laughs) Which might be worse, because that means there is nothing remarkable to say about him anymore. It's like, his emo haircut has carried him to irrelevance, in my opinion. (laughs) How are you feeling about Hiromu's shorts? Uh, They're going to take some getting used to. It's like... Bold move, good on you. I just, when you're used to seeing someone in tights for the longest time, it's really difficult to sort of unsee that. Yeah. I can understand where you're coming from, though. Uh, Sonata sporting the diamond encrusted short mask this week, which was nice. I like that mask. It sparkles in the light quite nicely. Uh, Sonata more palatable in seven minute matches and 30 minute matches. Because he gets all his stuff in, and it, it's like it's a good quality set of stuff, but there's not much of it. Plus, we can just enjoy the fact that if he's going to lose, he's going to lose quickly. But yes. he didn't lose this time. No. Uh, like, shout out to Raisuke Taguchi for his new search, new t shirt, which says, Oh my, Garf, oh my, and Gar- King of Oh my, and Garfunkel. <laughs> Raisuke Taguchi. Uh, Isn't it all mine, Garankle? Hang on. I thought it said Garfunkle. I think it's referencing his ankle lock. Ah, Garankle. Oh, my Garankle. Oh, my Garankle. And Yuji Nagata, who's a double R bastard. Any match Uh, with Yuji Nagata in is immediately going to be good. Like, I, I. some argued that match with Shingo Takagi was the match of the G1, even though it wasn't a G1 tournament match. Oh, it was. Yeah. I mean, it was one of the only G1 matches I actually wanted to watch. Yeah. And it was a right banger. It really, really was good. Um, you know, he is <laughs> great glass in curse of a case of emergency wrestler. I literally just want him to get the IWGP heavyweight title again, just because that would be one of the best runs of 2021 to 2022. <laughs> like, I shit you not. I'd rather watch Yuji Nagata defend that belt at this point because, oh, this title run is just Ibushi Shingo. Like, Shingo's trying his bloody heart out. He's one of the best wrestlers on the planet. And he's yeah. stuck doing plodding matches because New Japan made him a champion at the worst possible time. Yeah. It's like when you've made me not want to watch Shingo Takagi, I absolutely hate you. Yeah, this is true. I'm just watching the the chop exchange, which is good. It's fun. Um, Hiromu coming off the ropes with a double chop. There you go. Not Hiromu, Raisuke Taguchi coming off the ropes with a double chop. Again, these these early matches were just fun. It's like very breezy, very quick, very easy to watch. And they're all just there taking... Some taking the piss and some just having fun because they're on the undercard. Who cares? Master Wato and Raisuke Taguchi borrowing some uh, time splitters offense, I'd like to point out. In there. There was a roll through drop kick that they that he learnt off uh, maybe was it was or was it um is it hooligans? Yeah, it'd be hooligans. Um that'd be um uh the yeah, Alex Kozlov and Rocky Romero. There was a double team maneuver that they used to do, which was a uh, drop toe halter, a roll through to a drop kick. Um, 
I'm guessing he probably earned it, learned it from Rocky. Um, that was one of the tag teams, my favorite tag teams that never was. When the first four started between Chaos and Hontai, and there were some six-man tags, and Kushida and Rocky Romero tagged together. And one of my favorite moments in wrestling was Kushida sees a moment, and he goes, Rocky, and they go and do a time splitters move. And it's perfect, and the crowd just goes crazy for it. <laughs> and it was like, and then I sent him a tweet about it, and it was like, We'd always been rivals, but I said we we missed out so much. <laughs> I wish we'd been doing this for years. <laughs> I still find it kind of sad that WWE brought the time splitters in for like a single tournament and never did it again. No, it just doesn't. Well, I mean, Alex Shelley can say he was a he was a WWE wrestler now, but that's about it. And I don't know what shit they're trying to pull with Kushida at the minute, but it looks rubbish. I'm. Just on the Alex Shelley note, I am blown away at the fact that John Wayne Murdoch, King of ICW, Deathmatch legend, and just all-round amazing wrestler is getting a shot at Alex Shelley in the IWTV Championship. <laughs> that is going to be incredible. Uh, right then, should we move on to the next one? Yes, this is where your else... heart breaks. Oh, God. Well... All of those things have to come to an end. And it's the greatest tag team of the last... Well, the greatest six-man tag team possibly of all time. And it's the best six-man tag title run ever in any promotion in the world. Hiroki Goto, Tomohiro Ishii, and Yoshihashi lose the Never Openweight Six-Man Tag Team Championships to Evil Show and Yujiro Takahashi. And we knew it was going to end at some point. I wish it hadn't been this team just because Evil's so boring. And well, so you don't you don't sure. love seeing your favourite team lose to the House of Cock Torture. <laughs> uh, no, I, it's just it is what it is. The match was good enough. It was very very cool, and it was a very very cool match. But you knew it was going to be Yoshihashi taking the pin, and you knew it was going to be shenanigans because he nearly beat Evil in the G1, and he beat Evil last year in the G1, so we had to get something back on him at some point. So you knew it was going to happen. I mean, just appreciate the fact that they were smart enough to take the best wrestler out of the match right at the start because they all attacked Dick Togo. Oh, yeah, obviously. But playing the drums on Dick Togo, that was cool. And at the end of the match, um, they were saved by uh, Yo, who uh, went a bit crazy on show. I, I'm uh, still not over the emo show look. It, it's still funny to me. Like, I don't know why, whenever New Japan turns wrestler emo, it just cracks me up. Oh, no, he's gone emo. It's like, it happened It happened with Master Wato, and now it's happening with Show, and it's just like, what have you got against junior heavyweights and being colourful? Evil people <laughs> can be colourful. They don't all need to be emos. He's <laughs> <sighs> oh, no. gone emo, he's got himself a fringe and he's let himself go. Like it's just, I'm just waiting for the day Evil sort of gives up the colourful hair and just goes full on goth. It's like, <laughs> this is it. This is all evil is in New Japan now. It's just gothic. It's like, oh, life is pain. I'm going to hurt you too. Uh. <laughs> What's his new finisher? Dodgy poetry. <laughs> I, I'd love to call it. I am actually. <laughs> Mostly gothic myself, and it's just hilarious sort of laughing at, like, New Japan's attempt to make people evil by just 
like putting them in black and having them join Bullet Club. To be fair, Bullet Club colors are black and dark silver. So to be honest, there's not a lot you can do with that, really, is there? At least Chaos don't really have colors per se. They have a range of colors. And Hontai have always got like the black, yellow, and gold, black, red, and gold, New Japan colors. And LIJ are black, red, and white, at least. <laughs> I, I just find it so funny watching like Shaw try to immerse in Bullet Club without changing his attire or his hair. He's just like, oh no, I'm, I'm going to be evil, but I'm going to be my level of evil. Yeah. It's just like, that would be so fun to watch because everyone in Bullet Club would just be like, looking at him like, what, what? Why is he like this? And it, and it would just be so much more compelling to watch than, oh, he assimilated into the bog. <laughs> but it's a, it, this was a great match, honestly. I, I wish I could mock the match, but nope, it was fine. It didn't drag, which is a miracle, given the fact that evil's in it. Yes. Um, but how it, the hell has Yujiro Yuji Takahashi gotten so much better to watch again? Uh, back on because he had time, he had G one run, so he he's he had to like he got back in the G one last year and kind of tried, at, you know, he got his fitness right, but this year he actually went out of his way to learn new moves, put a new move set together, try and change his approach to what he was doing in the ring, and we got big match Udro back. You know, he had that win over Ibushi, and it was not a, it was a good match. It was a watchable match. It was compelling. You know, and Yujiro used to be back in the days when he broke up with uh, Tetsuya Nato. He was a big name player. He was a main event level wrestler, and he can. He used to do some crazy, crazy stuff when he got out of the junior heavyweight division. Um, and he's gone on record as saying, you know, he kind of like downplayed his ability because he knew Nato was going to be a star. So for the good of the company, he kind of like didn't try as hard, basically, from what he was saying in interviews recently. And now he's kind of got a second wind. He's trying really hard again. I can have an I told you so moment because I always like you, Jiro. Yeah. I mean, I, I never, I I knew he was worth the, he's always, he's like, he's the bottom wrong guy in Bullet Club and he was the bottom wrong guy in Chaos. So he was never going to be, you know, super, super, superb. So I always kind of taught them that level. I knew he could go because I'd seen stuff when he was younger and he could go. But I, I was never a massive fan of his just because he was so repetitive and bland. But, you know, even when I first started, got back into New Japan properly and he was having that feud with Makabe back in 2011, he was really good then. You know, he had really good matches and, you know, it was it was right at the start of the Tokyo Pimp stuff and he knew what he was doing. and. It's just like the last four or five years or so, he's phoned it in because he's phoned it in. He hadn't needed to try, and the whole point of Udro is to get there by the shortest means possible, isn't it? Indeed. So Udro is really the blueprint for evil in that sense. But, you know, evil's better than he is, but naturally not as watchable now. And it was, yeah, it's just like, it was a solid 13 minute and 46 second affair. And it's a sad end to the perhaps the greatest tag title run of the last 10 years. They've held those belts longer than any other tag team champions in the big promotions. And they've had cracking matches every time. They've completely had utter blinders. This was probably the worst match they've had in the last 18 months. And it was because 
the wrestlers they were going up against are all spoiler wrestlers who don't go out to win. They just go, well, they go out to win, but not to beat somebody. So, and that's their story. Oh, we might actually get a six-man tag gone with this. Well, the coming Wrestle Kingdom, since it's three days long. You'd think so, wouldn't you? I, why is it three days? I have no idea. They it's better be they... bringing the Gaijin roster back, or it's literally going to be the same matches across three days. Well, there's the thing. Hughes Robinson's contract is up for negotiation. So is Dave Finley's, I think. Um, yeah. <laughs> we might not have much of a Gaijin roster by the time we come back. It's like Jay White needs to be back so the Never Open title can be defended. Like, I imagine they'll bring some of the New Japan Strong guys over. Yeah. There uh, might be was, a few surprise debuts. I don't... I'm assuming the three main events are going to be Shingo and Okada. Whoever wins that against Ocean Spray to unify the belts. And then whoever lost on the first night against that, I would guess. So, yeah. It's just, it all feel, it's like you're looking at it like the last thing you want to do is add more days to Wrestle Kingdom. Like people used to love it because it was one show of incredible wrestling. And like I'd rather sit there for like, I don't know, seven hours of incredible wrestling than two nights where there's some incredible wrestling and some mediocre wrestling to fill out the cards. Yeah. I I don't understand why New Japan thinks we need more. We really don't. Yeah. yeah. I was just watching show coming to make the save for chaos. It's amazing because he goes and checks on Yoshihashi. Goes and checks on uh, Hiroki Goto. He knows Ishii will be all right. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Ishii could be hit by a bloody nuke and he'd survive. <laughs> so he goes over and just they just fist bump. You're okay, yeah. Don't worry about it. Thanks for coming out for me that one. It's all right. Just makes me smile. But yeah, yo, on fire. Um, so yeah. Uh, he, he actually looked aggressive and was actually um, doing a good job, really. I thought. All right, then. Next up to the match of the card, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen a match piss so many people off quite like this one has. Hi. Two amateur wrestlers having an amateur wrestling match. What's the problem? People are like, oh, it's bullshit. Oh, it's stupid. Oh, it was a waste of time. Oh. What, you'd rather watch another half hour hardcore match? Is that um, what you're telling me? I ain't, I ain't, I, I'm not, I want our keen on the entire concept of these two having a wrestling match of any type, to be honest with you. But I mean, this type, it was interesting and entertaining and it, it showed growth in the product. So what I'm currently watching, because I've got this on in the background, is Yuji Nagata explaining the rules of amateur wrestling whilst two of his amateur wrestling team, which is actually owned by Bushy Road and supported by Bushy Road, uh, the New Japan uh, amateur wrestling team, have um, uh, were demonstrating for them for the for this particular show. And then out come um, Toriyano to defend his uh, New Japan King of Pro Wrestling amateur, uh, sorry, uh, title, provisional for 2021, uh, with Rayo Iowa, who was coaching him. And they were going up against the Great Okan, who came out with Aaron Henry. 
and it lasted six minutes, and Yano won 6-5. And they had a proper amateur wrestling match with no, like, shenanigans at all. It was ace. I loved it thoroughly. Yeah, the shooter came to play. Yeah, that's it. And, uh, you know, um, you've got those two there. Obviously, it's a book match with a with a specific outcome. But it was something that was just a bit different, wasn't it? And There's not really it... much to say. It, it no. was six minutes of pretty great amateur wrestling where you could just see the pair in singlets and be amazed at the fact the great Orkans in a singlet. Yeah. And you can tell that they're both really, really good amateur wrestlers as well. Really, yeah. really good amateur wrestlers. You know, they they both had like the moves for it and everything. And yeah, it was fine. I don't see why people are angry about it. Like, this was so harmless. I don't get. <laughs> it's like it's currently got a five point eight three rating on Cage Match, and every review I've read of this show, people seem to be complaining about it. And I'm just like, why? There are so many more things to complain about than this. Yeah, I'm looking. It's also at... nice to see Hinare back. I'm just looking at all the reviews on the on the comments. I'm trying to see if anyone. I don't know uh, it's from King. He wrote, "I can't really judge a fake amateur wrestling match. It's cool that they not acknowledge the background of Yano and Calm. It doesn't do it for me. And that's all you really need to say is it doesn't do it for me. If you don't like it, eh, don't like this is wrestling. It's supposed to be a three ring circus. If this doesn't do it, do you? Then there is other stuff on the card that will." You don't have to like everything. And this is like, this was cool. I liked it. I enjoyed it. It was something a bit different. It wasn't the same thing over and over and over again, which is the thing we've complained about all year long. And now they did something different, and it was cool. It's a bit strange seeing Great Okan out of character and just being a proper amateur wrestler. I will grant you that. And it just goes to show that he's got more than one character. Yeah, exactly. Because it's like you can have the mysterious dominator, but then, oh, what's this? You thought I'm out of my element. Oh, no, you are wrong. <laughs> and then he'll go and lead an 80s workout class. They <laughs> get pictures taken with um, cosplayers. Yeah, like, I, I, cosplay I used to be with... sort of confused by that. I love it. Like... It it just goes to show how, like, sort of unflinching he is. He's like, I know what my character is. I'm a fucking double-hard shooter, a dominator, and I can make time for other people and follow my interests. It's like, what have you got? Oh, you're rigid in your character. Ha, 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 ha. I'm going to go meet more cosplayers. But Yano didn't even do his big chair entrance with the thing. He just did, just turned up, took his T-shirt off. He was wearing his uh, singlet. Uh, looked very dashing in his singlet, I must say. Both of them did. Wrestling singlets are more flattering than you think they're going to be because nothing gets pushed up. Like Yano in trunks looks massively overweight because everything gets pushed up above his trunks. Whereas actually in a singlet, it just he looks like a normal human being. <laughs> I think I think that's what people forget about tight fitting clothes is the fact that they're not actually like that revealing because they actually don't crush everything into your abdomen. It makes you look better. So yeah, uh, but yeah, it was fun. There's nothing else to be said because neither of us are amateur wrestling experts by a long chalk. So you know, there we go. Shall we I move on? 
I was just going to make a wrestling joke because I watched wrestling. that episode of South Park recently. This isn't wrestling. This is wrestling. <laughs> you remind me of Jim Ross, who this week uh, announced his um, um, foray into the recreational marijuana business, which is something I never thought I'd ever hear in my life. I don't know. There could have been weirder fits. Yeah, I suppose so. I also, I, could, I, I, I think it would have been weirder yeah, well, if Jerry the King Lawler had started his own condom company or something. He, Jerry Lawler, a lifelong teetotaler who's never had a beer in his life, runs a bar in Memphis. Now, so there you go. So that's there's that. I suppose you've got the best <laughs> sort of experience if you've never had it yourself, just watching from the outside because you can work out what people want. <laughs> He was on he was on Jim Ross's podcast one night and he was explaining like the night out he'd had in Memphis since he moved back there and he's running a bar in Memphis called the King's Tavern or something like that. Yeah, but JR also announced he had skin cancer this week. It's being dealt with. It's uh, been caught early. So okay, well soon, JR. I hope you're all right. Um, shall we move on to the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship match between Robbie Eagles and El Desperado? Yeah, let's do it. All right, then. So there was this junior everywhere with that match between El Desperado and uh, Robbie Eagles. And um, it was pretty good, actually. I don't think it was as good as their last match. Um, and I don't think it's the best junior everywhere match I've seen this year. But I think Despi is the right person to hold the belt. It was nice having Eagles um, have a run with the title because it kind of proves that anyone can win it. I even got a guy who didn't do that well in Best of Super Juniors last year, who's not had that many singles matches this year. He was the right guy in the right place at the right time. And it makes it an unpredictable title. But you've got one of the big name players who's got the belt going into Wrestle Kingdom season. And that was important to happen, I think. So it was kind of a predictable title switch. But I think Robbie's had a good run with the championship. He beat Hiromu. He's had a good couple of defenses. But Despi's the man to have the belt because the obvious showdown is Desperado versus Roma Takahashi because that's the big money showdown. What do you say for the big event? And actually, I think Hiromu and Despi would really like it if they got one of their main events. <laughs> I mean, there's three days. I don't see why they wouldn't. Wouldn't you love to see a proper main event, main evented by the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion? I think that I mean, if be... it meant giving me 40 minutes of Desperado and Hiromu, I'd, I'd be willing to watch that because I'm almost certain it'd actually make proper use of the time limit. Yeah, I think it would be something special. And, you know, I think the thing is, like, Desperado and Hiromu have an Akada-Tanahashi-level rivalry. It's whether it would sell out a building or not is the key question. Yes. Um, Three-month build? <laughs> Yeah, but it's the Tokyo Dome. We're talking 20,000 people, not Osaka Joe Hall at 5,000. I reckon they could do that. Yeah, no bother. I feel Hiromu's popular enough that that would work. And I think Desp- I think this is an intriguing enough match with Despi as well. Because they've had, they've had such good matches. It's, you still, cause you're, still, you're looking for that Dynamite Kid Tiger Mask kind of rivalry to do that and this is the closest we've got in this day and age and I think it's I think they've built themselves up to be that good it's still not a quite as on that level of Tiger Mask and the Dynamite Kid but very few things are let's be honest so 
yeah, but I think those two kind of couldn't. They're the ones that have made most people interested in the junior heavyweight division since Kushida left. Anyway, because Takahashi is the star. He's a superstar. He's a superstar for that company, and he's worked so ridiculously hard. So yes, I think it can be done. Um, but this match, yeah, fine. What's your thoughts on this match? Yeah, it was fine. It's weird seeing New Japan do a proper limb targeting match and actually going through with it. So it was. It was just an intriguing little chess match sort of match. Like, again, it's one of those ones where there's not a lot to say because everything was done well and both of them just sort of played well off each other. It was another really good junior heavyweight title match. Yeah. Because, I mean, Despy's like a perfect heel in that sense. And Robbie Eagles is a perfect babyface. You know, it's it, it works really, really well for both of them. Um, the positions that they've been put in, and Despy's level of submissions is ideal for a high flyer like Eagles because Despy can work the legs or the arms or whatever he needs to work to make the forward motion of Eagles that much more difficult, which means that the story gets told so much better, basically. So, it's almost like Despy is just one of the best wrestlers in New Japan. He, he is. I think him, him and Hiromu and Eagles, to be fair, have been the three of the best workers in New Japan this year. Um, well, the junior division has definitely carried most of the big shows. Yeah, and even the junior tag division, which kind of this time last year was a bit of a yeesh, was is this year has been actually been worthwhile because Despi and Kanemaru, it's almost as if you stick Desperado in a division, it suddenly gets better. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, Hiromu has wanted to be tag team champions forever with Bushy because he really likes tagging with Bushy, but they never get the chance. Um, but Despi and Kanemaru are outstanding. And now, um, but, you know, Eagles and Tiger Mask are still tag team champions. So that means that you've got options at Wrestle Kingdom. And Kanemaru and Duki were talking about running it, taking a shot at that because obviously Despi has now got things to concern himself with. And the world class tag team are considering having another run at those IWGP tag team champion junior heavyweight tag team championships that they made their own in the early 2000s. So that could be compelling, though I don't think you would make particularly great matches. I think Duki and Kanemaru versus Eagles and Tiger Mask would be good, but it's they're not two tag teams, they're four wrestlers, if that makes sense. Could you just go for the good old four where just throw them all together and see what happens? Then I think. Tiger Mask and Robbie Eagles would be having, well, no, Tiger Mask and Dookie would be doing an awful lot of um, glue work, <laughs> to be honest, to keep that together. Tiger Mask can go, though, but he's not as, I mean, guy nearly died, so, you know, he's not quite fully up to scratch yet, but he's not far off. Um, Kanemaru can do anything he wants, but you, you've still got Jado and Jado to kind of, like, limp along to make it a, a workable bang, 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 opening tag match in the in the Tokyo Dome, haven't you? I just watched Robbie Eagle's drop kick to the knee. That was absolutely perfect. He does a uh, a drop kick off the top rope to the knee to sell the um, Ron Miller special. And he gets it right, bang on perfect every time. It looks like murder, but he barely touches it. <laughs> and that's the way it's supposed to be done. Eagles is such an underrated wrestler. He is. 
So it was nice that he had this sort of moment to sort of shine across these few months. He reminds me of a young Lance Storm, actually, in that precision kind of deal. I read something about um, Hugh Morris was wrestling WCW. I heard that this week. Hugh Morris, when he was wrestling WCW, had a series of concussions and he was working through it uh, with a doctor. And he, he said, you can't have that guy kicking you in the head every Monday night because he was feuding with Lance Storm. And he said, he said, the reason why I'm wrestling Lance is because he never touches me. He just makes it look like he does. <laughs> and I think like Robbie Eagles is that kind of wrestler. He's just like perfect timing every time. Looks like he's going to murder you, but it doesn't. Which is the way wrestling's supposed to be. Match. Sorry? The safety match. Yeah. Hey, this, that means longer careers for everybody. So, the way it should be done. Shall we move on? Oh, here we go. Fucking downhill <laughs> spiral time. Now, if the six-man titles was an unpopular title change with most people, then this one definitely wasn't. <laughs> uh, having said that, there was an awful lot of getting through to get this match done. Kenta versus Hiroshi Tanahashi for the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship, which was won by Kenta in 23 minutes and 44 seconds in a perfectly good match, but both of them can do and have done better. 6.66 from the cage match users. Um, not awful, but not what we expect from either of them, really. And I think it's partly down to the fact that Kent is still in the mode of, I'm not going to have great matches, I'm just going to win. Which matches his character and also the fact he isn't the physical entity he used to be. But that does make a lot of his matches really boring. And though this wasn't boring, it wasn't exactly what we wanted either, was it? No, this was <laughs> boring. I okay. genuinely couldn't stay invested in it. And that's that's saying something, considering Tanahashi's in there. It's just... It wouldn't end... It just kept going and kept going <laughs> and kept going. And I'm just, I'm looking at what's going on and just nothing seemed to change. It was just the same stuff. I think the only bit that ever got my heart rate going was the bloody table spot. And that was right near the end. I was just kind of like, what, what is this? This, this isn't compelling. This is just plodding. Yeah. I don't think it plodded, but it was really slow really really slow and i understand why you want to put the title on kenta he's been chasing the title for two years it's uh, a good story to tell and it and he's a big star which means you know running into wrestle kingdom you want it on the big note matches you can have a rematch with tanahashi but after this why would you <laughs> um but yeah i don't know who you put in with kenta for the iwgp us heavyweight championship after this the obvious contenders Ah, uh, Moxley, but obviously he's not currently an option. Lance Archer. Lance, Lance has had one run already, and I don't think he's ready for another one. No, but just imagine a Lance Archer-Kenta match. I actually don't mind seeing it, because I don't know what that looks like. And that's why you want to see matches, isn't it? I don't understand what Kenta versus Lance Archer looks like, so I'd like to see it. <laughs> I wonder if we're going to see um, Davey Boy Smith return. That's interesting. That would be an interesting way of going about it, wouldn't it? Because the 
nor complete nor compete clause would be up by the time Wrestle Kingdom comes around. Yes, and for those of you who don't know, David Boy Smith managed to get released from WWE having not wrestled for them at all and been on the main roster. He got signed, had no matches, was on the main roster for three months and then got released. The point WWE releases were bloody baffling. Well, we could do an entire show on them. Keith Lee, for one, that's the stuff. The Keith Lee one, I can understand why he won't be too bothered about leaving. But I can't understand why he'd want to go, why they didn't want to keep him. Because if you can't make money with a guy like Keith Lee, you really are no good at being a wrestling promoter anymore. Um, you don't really tie a Valkyrie. He's like one of the yeah. best bloody, like, luchadoras. One of the best heels. And she's literally one of the most experienced people they could put in the women's division. It made yeah. no sense to me. No, and also Maya Yim, who's in the same position, who again they sent to the main roster and used her twice and then had no room for her, which is she's got just as much experience as, as Taya Valkyrie has, and she is a, a brilliant person to have in any division, but they'll both end up back in impact. <laughs> I'm gutted for Cross. Like, love him or hate him, he's a, like, a very imposing figure, and I loved his work in impact. And I thought, oh, cool. They've made him NXT champion, and then he ha- he got kented because he got hampered by injury. And then they bring him to the main roster, give him a Zardoz gimmick, and give him the boot. It's just kind of sad. <laughs> like Cross could be so much more if they just may- let him be himself. Like, oh yeah, the guy well, will make you believe anything. Well, yeah, if but you give him a mic. I'm still going Minoru Suzuki's um, theory. Have you heard the Suzuki theory? The Suzuki theory is this: like, you take a wrestler who's a big, becomes a big star because they're good at one thing, and then you take them to the performance center, oh, and, you yeah. and then you fill the gaps in, and then he doesn't stand out anymore because he's the same as everybody else. They never really did that with Cross, though, because he sort of he was there. He was cross. He had Scarlet. Then all of a sudden on the main roster, they're just like, well, we can't suddenly do the big entrances, the cryptic promos, and the complete devastation in matches. It's just like... Well, no. It's, it's like they did with Lee. They just took away everything that made them themselves. Of course they did, because that's, that's not going to sell on the big stage, John. Do you not understand this? Haven't done those best. I, I don't know, seeing, seeing like a proper full-scale like carrying cross entrance would have been something special. I know, it's of course just... it would have been, but again, it's, but this is the bit that does my head in why I don't watch WWE anymore, is because they don't want stars. They want people they can control. And it is um, Trevor Dane, who's a tweeter, podcaster, and I, I follow him a lot, and he was very insightful, and it is basically... It used to be people used to say, well, you know, he's difficult to work with. And one person's difficult to work with is he wants it more. So, or they want it more. So Charlotte had a massive tamper tantrum on uh, national television. She'll be fine because she's a star and WWE thinks she's a star. If Keith Lee had done the same thing, they don't think he's a star. He'd be fine for doing it. So It's so ass backwards to me. Yeah, and it is, but it is again, it's wrestling by committee. As much as we've complained about New Japan Pro Wrestling, we know who's to blame. You know, you know, up and down, 
Jello has final say about what goes on in that company, and that's fine. If you don't like it, don't watch it. Um, I'm go- I mean, I try not to, but then you make me watch shows like this. I, well, I act nicely. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you do get to watch cool shows like we watched last week. So, you know. Um, but yeah, it's just, that's the thing. is like straight up and down, there's accountability to the company that you, that, you know. And New Japan don't care whether you watch or not. Quite clearly, they wouldn't have produced this year's wrestling product. However... They do care that you like are seeing a product that is linear and consistent and characters that make sense. And WWE don't care about that. They need to fill TV hours. But like they so, were signing people to new contracts and then releasing them days later. It's just like, what the fuck is that? I don't understand what's going on with them. I don't understand what's, you know, and is Shane, um, Shane Helms, who's a producer for them, unsurprisingly got into a lot of trouble on Twitter this morning when he commented on a story on oh comics wrestling coverage which picked up Sean Roth's uh fightful story about what was supposed to happen to the people that got released. And the story wasn't negative in any way. Um it was just a commentary on what Sean had found. And um Helms was like, oh, well, you know, if you stop, if you stop worrying about what goes on in the backstage, uh, backstage analysis, you'll enjoy wrestling more. And most of the replies were, I did enjoy wrestling when my favorite wrestlers were on the show, but you fired them this week. So why would I enjoy wrestling anymore? Which isn't angry at Shane. Mm. It's just it's a comment on this like. I would, you know, this isn't to do with that. People are upset because their favorite wrestlers aren't being treated the way that they should be treated. And you, you, you believed in them because they've got signed. Either you were a fan of them on the Indies or you were a fan of them in NXT. They got signed. They developed. You followed their careers. You watched them grow into being these performers. And all of a sudden, they're gone. And then the next bunch come up. So do you... But that's the thing, isn't it? That's what WWE don't want. They don't want people to follow stars. They want people to follow WWE. That's the show. That's the, that's the draw. And that is the problem of WWE is because as soon as the moment somebody starts following a wrestler, you lose that person because they will follow the wrestler, not the show. I mean, just look at how many, like, how audiences are starting to dwindle for the WWE. Every set of releases just turns more people off. Yeah, and and it's not... On one hand, it's a minority of fans. It's a tiny, tiny minority of fans that know about this stuff and follow this stuff, you know... Shane shouldn't be commenting on it because it's like, what's the point? You know, the people that follow the fo- people that follow people like Steel Chair Wrestling Magazine and read the stories and the articles in our in our web pages aren't gonna, you know, suddenly change their mind about WWE because of what we've written. They may be better informed or maybe worse informed. Who knows really? Um, but you know, it's a tiny, tiny minority. So don't worry about them. It's the people that go and find an entertaining TV show they enjoy every week. They're the people you should be worrying about and look after them. Don't worry about these people because you've just given them a massive megaphone megaphone by being annoyed with them because they've told you their truth. Yeah. So just to bring this into a roundabout way, I would love to see Killer Cross in um, New Japan. I think he would be really good. I'd like to see him challenging for the IWGP US Heavyweight Championship. And that's Rota's background. <laughs> Tanahashi no selling Kenta's kicks. There you go. That's that's lovely. Oh, that power, rocking power slam. 
To be fair, we can also mention the fact that um, Okada called out uh, Buddy Matthews, I think he's called now. Matthews, yes, Buddy Murphy as well. Well, that was not till after the show, so we'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yes. Um, so where are we? Uh, yeah, Tanahashi and Kenta, not that bad. No one because it should have been. <laughs> In general. I know you didn't like it. Should we move on to the next one? Yeah. <laughs> Actually quite good, but John didn't like it. And the reason why I didn't like it is not that I didn't think the match was great. I thought the match was ace. The bit I didn't like about the fact is I knew Tamatonga was going to win. Sorry, going to lose. Because it was obvious he's going to lose because he's Tamatonga. And there's nothing wrong with Tamatonga. And I think Tamatonga's an excellent professional wrestler. But I am betting you all the money in my pockets against all the money in your pockets that Tamatonga is not headlining Wrestle Kingdom this year. <laughs> Maybe next year, but not this one. Let me just get something clear here. I love Tamatonga, love Okada, both amazing at what they do. Putting them in the match together with 25 minutes and a very obvious loser is just not the way to do it. Like, if they'd just gotten rid of, like, the sort of contendership match and just put them in a fight, well, then it would have been more interesting to me because then there is the possibility Tamatonga is going to win because it's just it's just a match. Once you put that stipulation there, it's like, nah, there's not a chance in hell he's doing that. Like, he could have dominated Okada for, like, 24 of the 25 minutes, which is continuous gun stuns, and he'd still not have won because Okada's not losing that briefcase. It's the belt now. We don't do briefcases anymore. Same thing. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I don't like this match, and I don't know why to be specific. It's just, again, I was watching it and just losing my soul because... I saw how long it was going to last and how little time it actually passed and just like, oh, God, why? Honestly, it wasn't that bad, folks. John's wrong. Anyway, (laughs) it was actually pretty good. The actual content of the match is fine. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. The issue is the booking. But again, Tamatonga was the only guy to beat Okada in his nearly perfect uh, D1 Climax tournament. So therefore, he had to have the title shot because otherwise there's no point having G1 Climax matches. And that's the tradition of where it always works. There's also the belt is also uh, a reference to the fact that if you won the old IWGP tournament, you carried the belt to the following IWGP tournament. So that belt originally was worn by uh, Hulk Hogan when he won the, won the first IWGP tournament and he had wore that belt all year until the next IWGP tournament. So that's the reason why the belt's there. Also, because I really think Okada wants to get rid of that world championship. I think everybody else wants us to get rid of that world championship as well. <laughs> but there you go. Hey, I think I wanted to like this match because I've always been a fan of Tamatonga and I love seeing him get bigger opportunities. Same with Tongaloa. They're both like amazing tag wrestlers. They're both pretty decent single stars and they're both damn good at what they do. It's just, I don't know what didn't click here. I was just bored for like 15 of the 25 minutes this match went on for. You are in the minority. It got 8.21 from the cage match users. And I'm glad people are enjoying it. I guess it's just not for me. No, I I enjoyed the actual content of the match. It's just that it was blindingly obvious that he was winning, of course. But the finish was laid out. And I like the fact that Akada gave the nod to Tamatonga at the end. 
and said, good on you. You did a good match. And Tamatonga just smiled and nodded and moved away. So it was like, because it was like, let's do that again sometime. And I think Tam has kind of got this semi-baby face thing going on at the moment. Whilst Jay White is out of the thing, I think he is kind of the genuine leader of Bullet Club. He is the leader of Bullet Club in the traditional sense, because like, originally in Bullet Club, Carl Anderson was the talker. He was the the lead leader of Bullet Club on the mic. And Tamatonga's kind of in that position now. And um, that's what makes it interesting for me. So he was kind of like leader of chaos versus the um, leader of absentee leader of uh, acting leader of Bullet Club. And I thought that was worthwhile watching. And I think Tamatonga's got a good future as a singles wrestler again. It depends on what G.O.D. want to do with them tag team World Tag League this year, doesn't it, really, I suppose. So there we go. Well, so I mean, it's <laughs> nice being able to debate for once. We have a habit of agreeing on everything. Yeah, but no, no, this was, I thought this match was, I thought this match punched above its weight. It better than it should have been, but I knew it was winning, so that kind of like, puts me on a, a back burner with it. I'll agree that it's way better than I expected it to be, but even then, I still just... Ugh, 25 minutes. But yeah, but they, they went 27 minutes in G1, I think. And it was absolute breakneck. Didn't slow down for 27 minutes. It was an absolute blinder. I wonder if that's why I didn't like it so much, because I loved that G1 match. Again, one of the few G1 matches I actually went and watched. This just didn't feel as good, as it? I think it's a sequel, and then sometimes the sequel doesn't uh, doesn't surpass the original. I think if they had another go, they'd get it right. It'd be perfect. I'd love to see another one. I really would, because not by now. <laughs> as you said, the chemistry's there. Yeah. They're both really damn good. It's just I don't know what happened on this one. Could have just been how exhausted I'd been by the last match. I think that was probably it. Because like, they stuff. weren't doing anything wrong. I just wasn't invested. I was sort of watching. I was just like, oh, is this going to be over soon? <laughs> Should we get to the main event? Yes, let's. Your main event of the evening was Shingo Takagi successfully defending the IWGP World's Heavyweight Championship against Zack Sabre Jr. in 30 minutes and 27 seconds of an absolute blinder. Uh this match was outstanding. I love this match. I love watching these two wrestle. These two wrestle can wrestle every day and twice again on Sunday, and I'd be dead happy. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was just the right time length for these two to really get going and really get cooking. You saw another side of Shingo who had to go on to his mat wrestling skill, and that was really, really great. And Shingo's had a good run with this title, um, and the matches have been great. The belt still is ugly as sin. Um, but, um, yeah. I cannot say a bad word about this particular wrestling match. Kind of would like ZSJ to win, but he's not going to because, you know, the, Shingo's the big star and you need him for the main event, Wrestle Kingdom, where he's going to wrestle Okada and it doesn't get any bigger than that um, because you've got, like, a lot of people missing you you need, namely, you know, Tetsuya Nato, um, who was probably going to be the big challenger for, for Shingo Takagi, so they had to put the rocket on Okada and he's not a bad second choice, really, is he? So this was outstanding. What's your thoughts on this one, John? Yeah, I can't complain about this one. I really enjoyed it. I'm glad it wasn't 40 minutes. But the way these two work is just incredible. There was an amazing story, amazing action. Just, yeah, 
this is what you want from a New Japan main event. This was the first time I'd felt compelled throughout a main event match in quite some time. It was just really, really damn good. Yeah, it's it very much an old school British style wrestling match. Very European in approach, state of the art wrestling. This goes back to 2012 when they first met, first met in the 16 count gold tournament in WXW, uh, where Zach got his ass handed to him in the semi final and Shingo blew him through. Um, he beat Shingo in the G1 climax and he came back to this match as the hot favourite to unseat Takagi for the belt, but he probably wasn't going to. That was the story that he was the hot favourite to unseat Takagi for the championship. We kind of know better because <laughs> you don't mess with the champion at this particular point in the year. Unless you're absolutely crazy. They tried that last year when Ibushi lost the right to the championship and Jay White ended up being the number one contender. And no one liked it. <laughs> it was rubbish. So they weren't going to try that. kind of intriguing to see Okada's LSG though. I would, I would like to see it, but it's not Wrestle Kingdom ready yet. If they'd pulled the trigger on Zack being the number one contender after the G1 or winning the G1 Climax, which I think they probably could have done because he was red hot at the beginning of the G1 Climax, like in the ring and like as a presence in wrestling. But they didn't do that, did they? So they went with Okada instead. Um, but if they'd, if they'd have gone with Zach then, I think it wouldn't have been a problem. As it stands, though, in a vacuum, this was incredible. More like this. Yes. <laughs> just watching that chance for Zach's like that chance for him. Takagi goes to swat some weight so he lets go and puts it back on again that's very Jim Breaks it's very Johnny Sane it's Aww. like I love seeing Shingo like forced to play away from his power game because that's what half of his like like most of his title defences have been they've been Shingo matches whereas this was ZSJ making Shingo work his match yeah and Shingo being up to the challenge. It was just something different. It was a breath of fresh air. <laughs> the thing is, I'm just watching these two wrestlers we're talking. The ZSJ managed to pull a rolling armbar from seat position on Shingo. And I'm like, where have I seen that before today? I saw it today. And I, there was someone posted a GIF, I think it was Alan Cheapshot, posted a GIF of Big Daddy doing a rolling armbar on somebody. <laughs> wow. it's like I forgot Shirley could actually wrestle couldn't he <laughs> there you go but yeah ZSJ and Takagi strongly recommend it's a slow burn proper New Japan main event wrestled in a New Japan diverse style which is what modern New Japan is all about um, but there really was only going to be one winner Jingo was going to take that title home and um, I think that's the thing isn't it that's the the thing about New Japan at the minute, and specifically that World's Heavyweight Championship, that's the interesting thing to talk about because will there be a World's Heavyweight Championship after Wrestle Kingdom or will there be an IWGP Heavyweight Champion again? If they've got any sense, we'll get rid of this ugly as fuck belt. Yes, I think so too. But Jado plays with people that way. <laughs> and that's the thing that scares me is the fact that like the obvious thing to do right now is to get rid of that belt nobody likes and there's caused the company so many problems. Or equally, if he beats Okada at Wrestle Kingdom, suddenly that World Heavyweight Championship belt is the most important thing in the company again. 
I I don't think they're gonna let him keep the belt though. No. Or, um, All yeah. signs point to Okada because the company is still in bloody emergency power mode. Yeah, Okada is their Bret Hart. So, you know, he's the safe pair of hands that isn't going to be the massive draw, but everybody wants to see him wrestle. So, he's going to be the guy, I think. However, Japan doesn't have a massive draw at the moment, though, do they? Like, Shingo is probably the most powerful they've got at the moment, but if... If NATO suddenly had knees again, they'd be all right, but he's not going to happen for a while, is he? So they're probably saving him for next Wrestle Kingdom. So a, a year of Akada, Tanahashi, they're trying to purposely downturn Tanahashi to break new people, but they need somebody with someone who can make new people, and Akada is capable of making new people. So and Shingo's done pretty well at that as well, but I can't I see Shingo. Why don't just give Suzuki the belt? I'm not sure why they don't want to. I mean, when like, he comes back, they might do. Like, Suzuki but, just had the hottest wrestling run of anyone this year in America. He is more than capable of working with anyone. He can bring a good match out of anyone. And you want people, someone who can make new stars while still being a sneering badass. Like, why yeah. the hell is New Japan not just pushing Suzuki to the moon? right now that would be the single most interesting thing they could probably do oh i mean that like it depends on how you're gonna lay that but he is 53 years old and i think that's the thing that just holds them back is just like he's a guy they can use to really get a champion over that's how they used him with okada two or three times as like you know he's not going to win the title but he's going to come damn close and he's going to make everybody look amazing in the process I feel but like then it would again, just he's be... Back, and he's come back as a fresh face if he comes back from the States now at this particular moment in time and then just goes and drops whoever's champion on January the 4th like Kenta did last year. That would be something. That's that's the thing. You know, That's it, what I'm hoping to see. Just whoever wins between Okada and Shingo just like broken up, out of breath, completely knackered after probably wrestling for 50 minutes because, you know, 40 minutes isn't enough. And then just Suzuki comes out, strips down, and just kicks the shit out of them. And then yeah. wins the belt the next night. And that would just be perfect. Because... Yeah, but you got, you got three nights, so you'd have to do it on the 5th. And then challenge on the 13th and whatever day it is. Just as long as as long as long he wins in the grand scheme of things, that's all I care. It's like... <laughs> just, give it, just give it six months. Like, six-month title reign. From Something Wrestle like Minion. Where he just completely goes on a tear. Just obliterates people and then Okada wins it back at the Dominion on because of like his superior planning. Like wouldn't that, that just be so much more interesting than a year of Okada? I don't think a year of Okada is a bad thing, because I love Okada and I think I could stand another year uh, as champion. I think he would do all right. Um but I do I just think, think it would be something different. Like I love Okada. He's probably the single best wrestler New Japan has. I know he what you're saying they still need to draw money. <laughs> it is a wrestling Suzuki, company after all. Suzuki wouldn't draw? I'm not saying he wouldn't draw, but it's a risk, and Okada is not a risk. Okada is guaranteed money in the bank every day. Whereas Suzuki, it could be. But also bear in mind everyone was like, oh, Suzuki and Noah. And then he had a title run everyone hated and the Noah's draw dropped in half. 
and it was it wasn't Suzuki's fault necessarily. It was Noah's booking's problem. That was the, because they booked Suzuki Gun to win everything, and it just killed the draw. No one was interested. So, yeah, you kind of got to be really careful with Suzuki about where you put him. And I think that might have like put the kibosh on him having a long major title in the company because they were like when it put the GHC title on him, it didn't do anything for Noah. In fact, it was detrimental towards Noah. Not that he didn't have great matches, and I would strongly recommend the title match he lost to Marafuji at the end of his run. That was one of the best wrestling matches I ever saw. But, yeah, it's it's not as cut and dried as all that. But this is three years later. And again, but it, it's, it's so many swings and roundabouts with Suzuki. It's because of his age. It's because of his, you know... It, it, not everyone's a fan of Suzuki in that championship mode. So I'm not saying Suzuki doesn't draw. I'm not saying the matches won't be awesome. And I would love to see it as a fan of Suzuki. What I'm saying is, does it make money? Which is a question we rarely look at on the Troopany show because we tend to talk about the artistic choices made in the wrestling company, not the business ones. But... I feel like something different would just draw more because people people will be there for the spectacle. It's like... You Wait, say shit, that, they but... put the belt on Suzuki again? Okay, I've got to check this out. You could say that, but the last three champions have been non-Bojo guys, and it's drawn. So, I mean, I, I love Shingo. He's awesome. Didn't draw as well as he could have done, but we're in COVID. Artistically a great run, but not been the biggest draw. Ibushi wasn't his fault. He got lambasted for the joining of the titles for the title run he had and it wasn't his fault it was the booking decisions of the company osprey everyone in the west hated it don't know how it was received in japan because it's really difficult to tell the crowds were going but the draws were so you could say something different would work but if they keep doing something different they've tried different different hasn't worked i just can't see a like a solid way out of this that doesn't fall into like generic New Japan territory. Nothing wrong with generic New Japan territory. That's what got them there in the first place. I don't mind the fact that they go back to basics and go with a straight up a card or run for 10, 10 matches. That'd be fine by me. So long as those matches make sense and they build to somebody else being a bigger star, which is more than capable of a card of doing. But I've got excited again because the idea of an Okada run, I don't get excited by the gear by anyone else having a run with that title at the moment. So, and I know a lot of people are like me. And I look at the buzz, what I see on Twitter, and people are like, yeah, Okada won the G1. Awesome. But they were sad for Ibushi not winning the G1. And the amount of people that were just thoroughly over the idea of Ibushi winning the G1. So I'm not completely convinced that anything different is going to be good for the company in the short term. In the long term, it won't be because you've got to build new stars. And New Japan used to be ace at that. In 2014, 2015, when AJ left, when Nakamura left, when Gallows and Anderson left, they built new stars in short order. But they haven't done that since Omega and the Bucks left and Cody left, which is really what they needed to do. Yeah, White's kind of the closest thing they've come to. And even he's away at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, Shingo, I suppose, but Shingo was already a star before he got there. He's just a star in a different way. And ZSJ, uh, but again, he was kind of a star when, um, Ken, when Kenny Omega was there, you know, because he was a, a, a being the elite guy, wasn't he? So, you know. Right then, 
that pretty much ends our coverage. Oh, of course, Shingo um, did have this big stare down with Okada at the end of the match. And Okada memorably said, thank you very much for your work. We appreciate it. But it is now time for the G1 Climax and IWGP Heavyweight Champion to take over. <laughs> I love Okada when he's being a, a dick. It's ace. <laughs> so, yeah. So that built up to that. Um, you're right. Uh, Buddy Matthews, formerly Buddy Murphy, uh, will wrestle a card at, uh, what's that title? What's that show called? Um, is it? I can't remember. It's one of the New Japan Strong ones. Yeah. And the thing in Japan, in Japan, in the States, where it's called, I've got the list here. Um, New Japan Strong Detonation. That's it. Yes. On the 15th, uh, which features. Josh Barnett versus Alex Coughlin. Josh Barnett back in New Japan for the first time in a long time. Um, Jonathan Gresham versus Gabriel Kidd. Tamiro Ishii versus Brody King. Oh. Tom Lawler versus Fred Rosser as well. That should be ace. Um, there was another one that they're doing later in that month though as well. I'm trying to find it now. So basically, the next New Japan coverage is probably going to be Detonation. A Battle in the Valley will be the next one. Which has Jay White versus Tomohiro Ishii versus the, the Never Open Weight Heavyweight Champion, Never Open Weight Championship match. Kazuchi Okada versus Buddy Matthews mm-hmm, versus Ren Narita. Clark Connors versus Carl Frederick. Oh, sorry, Clark Connors and Carl Fredericks versus Jeff Cobb and TJP. Coughlin Zane, Finley, Fred Ross, and Rocky Romero versus Team Filthy. Uh, Violence Unlimited, Brody King, Chris Dickinson versus the Stray Dog Army. <laughs> Moose versus Juice Robinson. One of these things is not the same. Josh Alexander versus UA Uemura. I kind of feel sorry for Moose at the moment. Like, just because of... Like, the massive question is the champion of the company he's been working for for the last 10 years. Some of the stuff people are saying to him, though, is just kind of gross. It's like, sure, he might not be your favourite human being. Sure, he might be a twat, but... Uh, he's not a particularly pleasant human being. I dislike him and I find him boring as a wrestler, but he doesn't deserve abuse. It's like when, once you start abusing someone for winning a title, you're no better than the person you're abusing. No. And, you know, it's it's not his fault he became champion and it's not his fault in a particularly edgy storyline um, that he was presented as champion. Um, but there you go. What can you do? I don't think he was the right guy for the particular job, and I would have liked to have seen um, Josh Alexander have had a long run with that title because they did this before with uh, Cowboy James Storm and Bobby Roode, and it basically killed Cowboy James Storm. So why do they think they're going to get it right this time? I have no idea. Because <laughs> I think Alexander's going to win it in the end. I think he will do, but they held off on that with James Storm for so long, and then sent him on a scouring roots around the item of the thing until he eventually turned heel because they'd run out of things to do with him. I think and this it, was, it was purely the- because Suzuki came in and wanted to fight Josh Alexander and they're like, oh shit, we can't have Josh Alexander doing two things at once. So they'll do the Suzuki feud and then come back and give Alexander the belt. <laughs> Having Moose and like, what did I was wondering who Suzuki pissed off having to tag team with Moose and um, Cass, but there you go. 
<laughs> it's uh, uh, wrestling is such a headache sometimes. It is. I mean, you, you should. Uh, you should just enjoy the matches, I guess, really at times. But you know, it's not. I mean, it's like the impact's not completely unwatchable at the moment. That's the I main really thing. enjoy That's Impact. Good... I think they're really starting to sort of if pick you want, up again. My biggest, best advice is don't watch anything to do with the men, just from the women's matches, and you'll have a perfectly good, entertaining hour of wrestling. You don't need anything else. Oh, there was a funny, funny moment with the um, the inspiration trying to interact with Sue Young and Brandy Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Kimberly and Brandy Lauren, because Kimberly and Brandy Lauren are now like undead bridesmaids. Yes. And they're just there like, oh God, oh no. <laughs> you can tell that like the iconic sorry, the inspiration are having fun there because they can be more character based. Yeah. And they're not a bad tag team either, which doesn't doesn't like cause them any issues. They, their actual tag match where they won the tag team title match at Bound for Glory was really good for an opening uh, debut match. And it's it's old school booking. The really hot tag team comes in and wins the belts, and then you know they pick off challenges until it's time for them to leave the territory, which they won't be doing because there isn't anywhere else for the women's tag team division. But there you go. Right then, I guess we can call it it for today. We've covered everything we need to cover. <sighs> we'll be back just... next. New Japan just don't do it for me anymore. As much as I wish they did, it's just getting harder to stay invested. You're the only person who'll do the podcast with me. That's how bad it's got. Anywho, (laughs) take care. Where can we find you on the internet, John? You can find me at John Deathman on Twitter. That is the gateway to hell that will give you all my writings, my opinions. The occasional funny picture, just all sorts of fun stuff over there, where I'm nearly at 400 followers, where I've been stuck in that limbo for the past five weeks. I don't know why I keep getting followers, but I keep... I apparently do. So yeah, yeah follow me there, read Steel Chair, and just, yeah, don't be a dick. Yeah, you can find me at Sheriff Lone Star on Twitter. You can find The Troopany Show on Twitter at Troopany Show. And you can find us on Facebook, The Troopany Show, as well as Patreon, The Troopany Show, where you will keep us free for everyone forever. Thank you for listening to today's show. We'll be back with more wrestling next week. We're not where from, or from which particular time period, but by gum, we'll be having some fun with wrestling because we're going to pick some enjoyable wrestling matches. I've got an idea for a show I want to do. We'll see who we get to do it with. Anyway, in the meantime, take care and we'll see you soon. Bye.